It's Tuesday, July 26th, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes. Hoynes of the Guardians opened a four-game series in Boston last night. Uh, and once again, uh, rain was falling as Zach Plesak pitched at Fenway Park. And uh, the result was uh, not a good one for the Guardians. They lose the game 3-1 to one, uh, to uh, to Boston after Plesak gives up three runs. And uh, stop me if you've heard this before, but the Guardians failed to score runs in support of Zach Plesak in one of his starts. Yeah, just uh, another frustrating night for Plesak. Uh, in a game where, you know, he kind of grinded. He really didn't pitch that badly. Uh, you know, gave up, uh, you know, gave up three runs uh, in five-plus innings and uh, gets one run of support. And and Joe, uh, he has made 18 starts this season. And in 11 of those, uh, his teammates have scored one or fewer runs. I mean, He's lucky he's won two games this this season. He really is. He hasn't won since early June, I don't think. And just, you know, I I hope this guy uh, he he's a, he he does yoga or something to ease the stress. Well, he he does. He's he's one of those guys who walks the field with his bare feet and you know, <laughs> uh, sort of gets into the the zen. But I I wonder how much zen is is left in the tank right now. Uh, every time you turn around and I, this time, at least it wasn't his teammates booting balls behind him leading to extra long innings and frustrating outings that way. This was more a uh, damage inflicted by Boston's lineup. And we're talking about a Boston lineup that coming into this game had been hurting. They've been, you know, devastated by injuries and it doesn't have exactly the same thump as the, uh, the kind of, Boston lineup that that just tore through the Guardians when they met back in May I I really got to wonder what's in Zach's mind when he he just looks out there and says every time it's such a struggle for these guys to score runs nobody's come through with a big hit for him uh in in how many of these starts uh you can sense it when you talk to him after these losses that he's he's frustrated and that he's thinking in his mind that he's got to say all the right things and do all the right things and not throw his teammates under the bus, but it's got to be driving him crazy. Yeah, definitely. Uh, it's, it's a hard, you know, it seems like on every staff, there's a guy, you know, there's a pitcher that, that kind of ends up on short end of the stick when it comes to offensive run support. But this is, uh, this is nearing historic levels. We haven't seen this in a long time. Uh, and uh, you know he, I guess you just got to grind your teeth and 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 just keep working your way through it. You know, you, the last thing you want to do is you know, like you said, you know, throw your teammates under the bus. You know, you know, start breaking things in 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 the locker room. Uh, that that's not going to solve anything. But you know, the the question is, you know, <laughs> you can see you know. He gives up a run, and then then all of a sudden, you know, the vice starts tightening and tightening. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, a guy doesn't make a play behind him, behind him, and it gets tighter and tighter. He knows he has to be perfect almost to, uh, you know, get have a chance to win or have a chance for his team to win, and it's just not happening for him. Well, and and you talk about you know like not throwing your teammates under the bus and and breaking things in the clubhouse. Zach's learned those lessons already. He's seen what happens when that when that happens because. You know, he he was buddies with Trevor Bauer. He understood what happened when, you know, Trevor threw his teammates under the bus after after a, a, a rough period like that. 
Uh, Zach himself has missed time because he broke his thumb on the chair in the in the clubhouse, ripping off his T-shirt in anger after a, a rough outing. So he he knows that you know getting his emotions in check is is something that he needs to do. And uh, like I said, I've been it's been remarkable that he's he's held it together this long. Uh, you like you said through eighteen starts, but uh, at, at some point you got to think. Uh, maybe a change of scenery or or something you know is 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 due and it could could turn him around or do the guardians just ride this out knowing you know his stuff is really good and he's a he's a fighter and he's a grinder and he gets through innings uh there's there's just got to be a point where some of this comes together for him you look over it at a Shane Bieber and he's so smooth and he's so put together. And, you know, even when there's a, a, a rough outing, he bounces back in the next outing, he goes seven innings and, and strikes out eight or nine guys. Uh, you just haven't seen that from Zach Plesak yet where he just takes over, takes command and says, okay, it's just me and the other, the other opposing lineup and and I'm going to do my job. And, and, you know, you get uh, an outstanding uh, day like that. Uh, yeah, it, com- it comes with maturity. I think you know you. We've all we've talked about this before. We've seen it before with you know Cy Young winners and CC Sabathia and and Cliff Lee. How they would get frustrated when something went wrong behind them, and uh, uh, gradually you grow out of that. You you mature. You know you handle the peaks and valleys of the game. That's part of being a professional. And uh, Zach is learning, learning that, learning that lesson, you know, in uh, (laughs) too many times this season. All right. Speaking of learning lessons, uh, the, the Fenway uh, green monster uh, taught a few lessons last night to uh, guardians outfielders, uh, Stephen Kwan, you know, looked like a seasoned professional, uh, you know, a veteran uh, playing, uh, playing a ball off the monster early in the game. And then later in the game, uh, kind of burned him with one that bounced over his head. Uh, Miles Straw also having a little bit of difficulty with uh, the outfield there in Fenway. Uh, the conditions weren't great last night, obviously with a rain delay, uh, not a very long one. But uh, you know that that ballpark is a huge home field advantage for that team. Definitely, you know, Quan uh, and uh, Rosario hit a couple four hundred foot fly balls. You know, four hundred. You know, drive the ball into deep right field. At progressive field, the ball's probably out of both. Those are two home runs, but you know Jackie Bradley uh, Jr. makes easy catches of them in the war- on the warning track uh, in front of the bullpen, and then uh, the the monster comes back and bites Quan and 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 uh, Straw on uh, you know first uh, Bradley hits the uh, hits the double off the wall in the second inning, and it bounces over Quan and and miles straw and then then in the uh, sixth inning you know uh, uh alex verdugo you know hits the uh hits the double high off the wall and Quan, you know after playing that great he, he played you know the uh a single by uh yomer sanchez perfectly you know yeah. threw the guy out at second uh run scored in the second inning but in the uh in the sixth you know, uh, Verdugo's ball, he, he got too close to the wall. Mm-hmm. It came off the wall hard, got past him, got over his head. Then he slipped and fell on the wet outfield grass. And, you know, that was the run that really was, that was the deciding run that scored on that. And, right. you know, uh, Francona said, you know, we, we had all the outfielders out there after, before the game working on the wall with uh, Kyle Hudson and uh, you know, but 
just one session at Fenway Park, you're not going to learn all the secrets of the wall. You're not going to turn into Carl Yastrzemski or Jim Rice. You're, you know, you got to, and Francona just said, you got to live this, you know, and, and you just got to live it and uh, learn from it and, and move on. All right. Our, uh, our, our good friend, Tom Withers, who writes for the AP and, uh, and, and covers the guardians uh, actually played in a, a game a couple weeks ago at Fenway Park, and he was on the field wearing a, a Cleveland uh, Larry Doby jersey. Uh, he posted a bunch of the pictures on social media, and, you know, it was his eyes, just his face just lit up talking about playing in that ballpark and playing uh, a game. It was a game between uh, Cleveland, or I'm sorry, between New York and Boston uh, media, and because Tom works for the AP and he had worked out of New York, the, the New York guys let him play on their team uh, against the Boston guys, and you know, the pictures of him uh, in front of the Green Monster were were pretty incredible photos. And even more so, he's telling stories about, like, you get up close and you look at the monster up close. And there's the, the scoreboard. It's like a it's like an aluminum sort of metal because uh, you can hear it when the ball rattles off of it. Uh, he says there's little indents and little, uh, you know, like pockmarks all over the wall. For all those years, all the years that it's been up there, every ball that hits it, they don't like, you know, smooth out the dents or anything like that. You can't really see them on TV, but there's these little bumps all over the wall from where yeah. the balls have been, where the balls have been hit off the wall for, for all these years. And he, you know, for, for Tom, he said that was pretty uh, like, you know, it, meaningful to, to see all that. Uh, it's a, a great story to, to just talk about him, uh, talk to him about playing at the at that park they had a, that experience uh one that he's going to cherish forever so maybe we'll have uh we'll have tom withers on here to talk about uh playing at at fenway and playing in, the, in front of the green monster maybe you can give kwan some pointers <laughs> let's hope <laughs> yeah so uh so yeah the they dropped the first game of the series the guardians do uh uh you know they've lost three in a row now after winning what four or five in a row uh, and again, we're sort of back in that limbo phase with, with these guys that they get within a game of the, the division lead and then they, they lose three straight. It's, uh, it's one step forward, two steps back, uh, lately with, uh, with the guardians and this young squad. Yeah. You know, they're three and a half back right now, Joe, uh, the twins were off, uh, last night. Uh, so were the uh, white Sox. So the white Sox are four back. The uh, Cleveland is three and a half and the twins, uh, you know, are, are in first place at 52 and 44. I just, well, like we've talked before, you know, this is such a critical road trip for the, uh, for the, for this team, uh, you know, especially leading right into the, uh, into the trading deadline on August 2nd. I really think it's going to, you know, really kind of play a big part in determining what course of action they, they take uh, right. the front office takes. And and make no mistake, with with Boston being in the state that they're in, and you know that the, a lot of injuries to their pitching rotation and now to their position players, their lineup is different. Uh, it 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 really is sort of an opportunity that this team can take if they can win these next three games in Boston. It's it's right there for them to to sort of be in contention uh, once they get home and 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 the the schedule sort of loosens up a little bit for them. Uh, it, it, they, they've really got to get through a good team in Tampa Bay over the weekend to do it. But, you know, it's not out of the realm of possibilities to take, uh, you know, two games down there and in, in Florida as well. 
Yeah, and Boston and and uh, the the Guardians are you know I think neck and neck for the oh. third wild card spot as well. Uh, so these three games are important in that regard too. You know, uh, so and <laughs> it's just it's just really a you know an interesting uh, a really a you know kind of a critical part of the season right now and and you just you know you you just wish that it wasn't so hard for them to score runs joe it just this is such a you know when when it works it's it's fun to watch it's you know old school like old school hockey you know right <laughs> i mean singles doubles people you know going first to third but it's hard to do that when no one in the lineup is going to hit the ball out of the park and, and you know score three easy runs or two easy runs or or go up you know take a five nothing lead in in an inning when you don't have to send 10 guys to the plate it's it's really a difficult way to play baseball and we've seen flashes of it when when guys do hit the ball. The game a couple, last week when, when Jose Ramirez hit the two home runs earlier in the game, you know, everything, the, the offense just sort of starts to flow. And it's it, it's like, uh, you know, it's like Drano. You, you, you get one through and then everything flows through. Uh, the, the, the bottom of the lineup turns it over to the top and, and the guys are getting on base a little more. Uh, but that just hasn't been consistent. They, they that that game happens once every you know ten to twelve uh, games, whereas the more common games are the ones where it's a struggle. You get a guy on second base and you need two more hits to get him in, and and it happens more than more often than not. I, I with this this offense, uh, we've seen some things that we like from Stephen Kwan, uh, Ahmed Rosario really. It, the, the way he's gone about just his you know professional hitter that's that, that's what he is uh again why why there are so many rumors about trading this guy uh it's he, he who else are you gonna have to get on base in front of jose ramirez it's it's uh it's tough to think about but like you said jose ramirez not driving the ball the way he was earlier in the season i think that thumb is still bothering him a little bit might have been why he batted right-handed in the the home run derby. Uh, Framil Reyes slowly coming out of things in in his slump, but again the strikeouts are still there, so it's still killing every rally when he strikes out. Um, you know, Josh Naylor a a, a good uh, good in the clutch, but you know prior if it's not seventh inning with two outs and and uh, you know two guys in scoring position, it's like uh, things don't click for Josh yet. So you know, who knows? Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's kind of a, it's, you really have to be a fan to watch, to watch some of these games. You really, I mean, you have to be, you have to buy in and and tonight they're going with a bullpen game and Brian Shaw, it looks like is going to be the opener, the starter. Uh, and Lord knows where that's going to take us. Yeah. Uh, Brian Shaw opening uh, probably more than likely they'll, they'll call up Kirk McCarty uh, cause he's on the 40 man. So That'll be uh, the the guy who who gets the hopefully the lion's share of innings there. Get him get him started and get him through the the you know maybe second third fourth innings uh, or third fourth fifth innings. We'll see. Uh, but Brian Shaw, he's if he's going to try and turn him into a Tyler Clipper. You remember Tyler Clippard when he was here? You right. know, started so many so many of those bullpen games where he just came out and you know gave him one or two innings and then handed it off to a guy like a JC Mejia and, and he, he gave you a few there. So uh, maybe that's what Tito is hoping will happen. 
they've got to find a solution for that spot in the rotation though, don't they? Yeah, that's, that's critical. And uh, do you call, I mean, is Pilkington the guy? I mean, do you call him up and just, you know, until, uh, you know, until Aaron Savali comes back, you know, that's probably your only option, right? Uh, you've got young options. You've got guys who, who you could force into that, but you know, do you want to start the clock on a Logan Allen or a Xavier Curry right now? Uh, those, those seem to be the guys right now at triple a who are the most likely candidates and, and maybe the, the player development guys know who's ready. They've shown that in the past. So if they haven't made those moves, it's because the player development guys have not come to Tito and said, look, this guy's ready. He will get the job done. Uh, you know, we've seen it so many times in the past that they were right on the money with that. So, you know, uh, if if they're if they haven't made those moves yet, it's because the player development guys haven't said that they're ready. Yeah, that's a great point. And you know, you look at you know how, how they handled these situations last year, and uh, Eli Morgan, you know, played a big role in in that. He made eighteen starts last year, but you know, because of the kind of the shortage in the bullpen, he kind of fit into that seventh eighth inning role. And now you you just can't start him now. I mean, right. it would really be unfair. I mean, you, you could you'd risk hurting him. You'd have to probably send him down to get stretched out. So you know, that's that's one more option that that you don't have that you had last year. I mean, if you would if you would send him down to get stretched out a month ago, maybe sure. But right now, he's he's nowhere near ready to be able to help them in any way in the starting rotation. So you saw how long it took Cal Quantrill last year to make that transition at the major league level and, and, and everything they had to go through to get through that. I mean, Cal was going three innings at, at, at times when he first started to make that transition and was getting frustrated that he was getting pulled early, but they just had to protect him. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, you're right. It, but look how it paid off this year with, you know, at the second half of last year and, Throughout this season, he's been one of the top pitchers in the American League. So, you know, it, it, yeah, definitely. Uh, Quantrill has, you know, been kind of the backbone of that rotation. You know, he gives them what, five, six, seven innings every time out. Uh, really an impressive job that he's done. Right. Uh, all right. Uh, other news in Major League Baseball uh, the uh, Major League Baseball Players Association turned down uh, Major League Baseball's uh, proposal for an international draft. Uh, thereby triggering an agreement made with this last collective bargaining agreement uh, that uh, restores the qualifying offer system uh, for free agency. So there will be no international draft. There will be a qualifying offer system at the end of this season with uh, with free agents, uh, something that the players themselves aren't huge fans of because it sort of uh, limits guys who are, are free agents and, and sort of ke- uh, keeps teams from going after some of these big uh big ticket uh big name guys yeah interesting uh you know i think this this is probably the closest they've ever come to having an international draft it seemed like both sides were were serious but joe it's just it's just a huge issue to get your arms wrapped around and you know wrapped around it just you know it, it entails so many countries so many different players you know what like, what do you do in Japan? You know, they have the posting system, but they have their own professional league. Korea has their own professional league. You know, Mexico, all, you know, and and so, you know, it, it's it's a complicated issue. And uh, I, I'm not surprised they didn't get this thing worked out. 
Yeah, and and there were so many, uh, you know, former players, uh, particularly in the Dominican, in the Latin American countries, who who really went to bat and said, "Look, you can't do this because it will screw up not just you know the the pipeline of talent that comes from those areas, but it, it's going to hurt the the country and the, the communities and the the area around that and 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 most of their uh, their their agents down there who sort of take advantage and game the system as well." Yeah, I mean, that's uh, baseball is like, I don't know what the number one economy of the Dominican is, but baseball has got to be right up there, you know, second or third, uh, you know, that and that's a that's, you know, probably that, tour, it's probably tourism, Hoinsey. I'm, uh, yeah, if tourism I'm, if I'm and then baseball. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but having having, but I mean, visited, that, having visited the Dominican a couple of times uh, on vacations, I would say I would say tourism right up there at, uh, it, it, with shortstops. Yeah, that's right. And uh, but that you know, that's you know that that that's a whole economic system down there. Baseball, they have they have their own way of doing things. The and the draft, you know, would come in there and maybe clean things up. You wouldn't have the corruption that that you do. You know, there wouldn't be kids. Uh, you know, six. You know, kids that were saying they're sixteen and really twenty one. You know that 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 would be you would you would be able to clean that up, and I think to a great extent they have cleaned that up, but. There's all sorts of under the table payments. There's there's you know all sorts of stuff that goes on that I think a draft would take care of, or you know at least kind of bring you know shine a light on in the dark corners of the things. But you know it's just a really really tough issue to to get a handle on. Yeah, uh, and and you think about all the the talent that that Cleveland has benefited from, uh, particularly in the Dominican. Even right now on the on the team, uh, the top, the top players on the team. Uh, all hail from uh, the Dominican Republic. So uh, just just thinking about how that system needs to change over time uh, might be a, a, a you know, a, a good thing, but you can't just snap your fingers, have an international draft and just, you know, torpedo the whole system. Uh, you would have chaos and it would, it would not go well for, you know, the little people would get hurt, not just, uh, you know, the, the teams and the agents and things like that. All right, uh, that's going to wrap up today's edition of the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. Uh, the Guardians and their bullpen game uh, again tonight in Boston. We will uh, be back with you again tomorrow uh, to wrap it up here on uh, Cleveland.com and the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. Mm-hmm.